we can keep hanging out, yeah. but now it's gone. Um, no, Brandon, you have to you have to respect your time. You have to respect your emotions, put, your nostalgia. Put lights on the logo, like it's like a, they a strung it up with story? Christmas lights. Like no, like it's, like it's a carnival, like carnival lights. Like um. Oh my God, you know what this is? Like the bulbs. Oh, I'm sure that someone else is ahead of me on this hypothesis, but this is late stage capitalism, Disney synthesis and integration synergy. The reason why Toy Story 4 takes place in a carnival is because the Toy Story ride at Disneyland and Disney World is a carnival ride. Oh, That yeah. is why they reverse engineered it. I'm sure the ride was never supposed to reflect I'm a sure plot. that's right. And that is why, and they will rejigger <laughs> the uh, exact narrative going on in the Toy Story rides at the Disney parks. Sure but they already right. have the sets. They already have the games. Well, and I'm no Disney gay, but I do have to say it's a pretty fun ride. It is a good one. It's interactive. I like their the because they also have the Buzz Lightyear interactive ride. That one's Disney more fun. Way. Oh, where you shoot stuff. Yeah. But that one is fun. actually tangible yeah. animatronics, yes. and and you're driving you're through right. an actual world. Whereas the Toy Story ride, it's just about you're wearing three D glasses right. and you're it's just like swinging it's, it's around. It's a series of screens. It's yeah, it's a series. Of, yeah, <laughs> basically you just yeah you, you just jolt you from screen from to screen, to and you'd have the same joystick, and it means different things. It's a pretty fun ride. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm keeping my. Oh, don't be optimistic. I'm a. I, protect yourself. Respect I, yourself. I still am holding out hope. Do you respect yourself? I'm not no. hopeful about anything anymore. What is there I to look forward to? Dumbo. <laughs> Dumbo is going to be good, and I, I just splashed beer on my face. Dumbo is going to be good, and we're all going to rue the day. That we ever doubted. I have things I've, I'm looking forward to. Ever since to. I saw the trailer, I have not doubted. I so. haven't seen the trailer. It looks good. Trailer. I'm, re- I'm really talking. It about looks for me. good because it looks dark. Yes. I and mean, it looks it's fucked up. It's. I, I don't want to talk about Tim Burton because Blank Check is talking about Tim Burton right now. But it is sort of the perfect Tim Burton vehicle. It it's Edward Scissorhands, but it's an elephant. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's literally what it is. Correct. Uh, what did you do today, Brandon? What did you have for breakfast? <laughs> Run me through your day. Uh, what time did you wake my up? My day sucked. Tell me everything. I saw Liam Neeson trending, and it was downhill from there. <laughs> Yikes. Like, I, I was playing catch-up with Twitter, and then I was like, what the fuck am I doing? It slid into the gray. And then uh, my yesterday was better. I watched, what happened yesterday, Brandon? I, I rewatched the Lego movie. Hot. How's capitalism doing? I still have never seen it, but hot. It's good. It, it's it's a takedown capitalism movie. Are you looking forward to like a movie too? Was this preparation? It, yeah, I was extracurricular prepping. homework. So I was prepping for. <laughs> I watched the first two How to Trains and then the Lego movie because they both have sequels this month. Are you gonna watch the Lego Batman movie? There's I've a new seen Lego it. Movie? Yeah, next week. The Lego it actually movie came, too. It actually came the out over the weekend. second part. Actually came oh. out over the weekend. Oh, oh David right. Zims gave it three stars. I hear it's not good, but mm. I will. I will see it because the first one is one of my faves. Well, that was one of my favorite. It literally predicts Trump. Oh, like great. it talks about like borders and like uh, fear mongering and like yeah. ra- like rounding up people. I need to watch it. I still haven't. It's, oh, Ben, you're gonna love the Lego movie. I know. It's yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's 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 a hard anti-capitalist. Unquestionably, movie. one of my favorite movie-going surprises of the last five years was going to the Vista, not to get too reached and Kelly about it. Sitting down, just thinking that me and my friend were just gonna go to a Saturday matinee and just be a little goofy, maybe get a cocktail afterwards. And I was riveted by the anti-capitalist message. And yes, Brandon, it's very prescient. Very prescient, zero. Yeah. So what did you do after that? Uh. 
Did you oh, bathe? I've been watching. Are you clean? Actually, Sunday I just like didn't shower. Hell yeah! <laughs> I think that's true of me. It as was well. amazing. Sunday, Sunday is the day. For I dirty was boys. watching Russian Doll. Very good. Zero. I have two left. You're watching. Oh, right? Gotta watched, get up. We've gotta both get watched up. one. We also discussed. No, no, I've watched you... two. Oh, you've watched. Okay. I've so watched you one. haven't. S- okay, I won't say anything. Um, and then I play Kingdom Hearts. Nice. You play what's Kingdom Gaming. Hearts? Gaming. Uh, Kingdom Hearts three. Oh, Kingdom Hearts is the conclusion of the Square Enix slash Disney slash now Pixar. Bob Iger is our overlord, whether we like it or not. Yeah, exactly. I there's a uh, on Wilshire Boulevard. There are a series of hand painted billboards that are vertical. They're 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 portrait style, not landscape, and they go up the sides of these big buildings on Wilshire. That's where they had like the hand painted final season of Mad Men billboard over there, which is beautiful. And I passed one for Red Dead Redemption Two today, Brandon. Oh, that's been up for a very long. time. I was going to ask you. I, I it's been there for a while. I don't know why they haven't changed it yet because it usually changes more frequently. Mm-hmm. I was going to snap a pic and then put Tim Blake Nelson's face on top of it and send ah, it to you too. Yeah. Faggot. Did you? But did you see the Shen Yun right in front of? There it? are two Shen Yuns. There is one on the Shen north Yun side of Wilshire, one on the I south. Saw on the way to Palm Springs. Four. I think three. If this is amazing, yeah, um, six there and back. If they were double sided, true. I don't, I don't, I didn't notice any on the way back. But I went on, I went, I went on the ten on the way out and the six way back. Yeah, so. how was your Palm Springs aside from having to thwart off a green booker? We were in the car. I like that a green booker. <laughs> we were in the car on the way to dinner, and my dad's best friend Bob, who I've known since literally my whole life, Bob Iger. Bob turns. He's in the passenger seat. So Ben, have you seen Green Book? <laughs> he turned around like he, like Vigo <laughs> looks at Mahershala. Baiting you were you the once. Mahershala? <laughs> mm-hmm. You were in the back. You were the and gay boy in the back seat. I could feel the like the pants. tension from my dad driving of like, oh Ben, don't do it, don't do it, don't don't <laughs> She's pop starting. off Ben. She's starting. And so I said, well, you know, I have some mixed feelings about it. And then he like took that in for a second and was like, but what about the acting? <laughs> You're like, I still have some mixed feelings well, about it. Well, oh. Mahershal is talented. Yes. You're like, eh, what am I going to say? Skibbity boppity scoobity doobity. Shabbity That makes. I hope it- you guys got. That would have been fun if you guys got a flat tire and you could have uh, done the Vigo line. Dads in movies. That makes me think of something that happened to me this weekend, which is that I was catching up with my father on the telephone and we were chatting while he was waiting for his dinner to arrive at his home. And when it arrived, he said, what should I watch? Like, what should I watch while I'm doing this? It's Sunday night. Like, what? He's like, what's on Netflix? I'm like, eh, you don't want to see Velvet Buzzsaw, blah, blah, blah. He's like, what about Prime? And so I found Leave No Trace. I'm like, oh, dad, you have to watch Leave No Trace because my dad is a noted Winter's Bone stan. Nice. My dad and I, like, they say that the older you get, the more you turn into your parents. I think the opposite is also true and that my dad and I realized last year like, what's your favorite Jennifer Lawrence performance? One, two, three. Winner's Bone, duh. Like, he, nice. we're on the same page about that. But it gave me this idea where I think we need to... Do you guys know what a telephone tree is? Mm-hmm. I should. I guess I should explain on the microphone in yeah, case I anyone does it. Is. Telephone tree is something, like, they use for, like, PTAs and for, uh, like, parent, like parents for children's activities. And then also, like, it's for, like gra- for grassroots disaster, organizing. The school only calls, like, four parents. Each parent calls four uh, more people. And then that parent calls four yes. more people and you hit the entire uh, school body. Mm-hmm. I want to start a telephone tree built upon branches of dads watching Leave No Trace. Everybody tells their dad to watch Leave No Trace, and then we task those dads with telling four more dads to watch Leave No Trace until every dad has seen Leave No Trace, (laughs) especially dads with daughters. Mm -hmm. And next, we collect all of their tears. 
we filter it through a desalinization plant mm. in San Diego. We have a new rainy day fund. Wow. We just have a reserve of water in California. Wow. That's amazing. We will never, we will never be thirsty beautiful. again. That's really beautiful. And most importantly, the dads will see leave no trace. Mm-hmm. The dads will be moved. I love that. That's my, my parents idea. loved First Man. Everyone. They Maybe, well, that's a good idea. To, a, a, a dad First that Man is tree. A good first Man movie. First Man, the good dad movie is what I meant to say. Yeah. I gave over the holiday. I gave my parents the choice of Old Man and the Gun and First Man, and they selected Old Man and the Gun. Nice. That's a good choice. Half an hour and I bet shorter. They loved it. Mm-hmm. Half an hour shorter. That's a big. Positive. Yes. <laughs> We're all like that's a big positive. You heard it here first, folks. Guys, I don't it, know. It's it's like a, it's been a Monday. No, no, no. It's it really it, it's been a really it's, oh no, hard it's for me Monday. But it's like it's like Jake and Oakjaw where he's like, what did he say? Like that's healthy. Or like, what does he say? I don't. Remember. His catchphrase is like very healthy. Oh, when the when the when Oakja like farts on him or like he's like mm. very healthy. When Oakja mm. projectile pellet poops out of his butt, I'm like, that's my cat in the litter box. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> you're like you're like counting uh, him out like one, and, two, and three, four, like, five stars for Brandon. I like five when she's pellets. like rubbing it. And then, she rubs the butt, yeah. and the guy's like, "No!" Because he chasey after the bus because he knows rubbing the butt mm-hmm. means poop pellets are coming. I like the first poop time she's coming. she's rubbing Oakja's ass for her to take a poop because it's just so routine and so every day like and there's so much love there's just like rubbing her ass and just like looking into the middle distance and like i love you Oakja, but we do this every day mm-hmm. very healthy she really Ooh. is very healthy them. zero I like i'm not that. gonna lie about my rewatch of Oakja. i had a bottle and a half of wine yesterday mm-hmm. i started drinking at 3 p.m it's oh, sunday yeah. it's, ba- it's sunday is the day for dirty boys i second screened Oakja. that's fine I mean, I've seen it twice already. That's fine. So. I was basically second screening it, except for the parts that I was like, okay, I'll put my phone yeah, down. Yeah, same. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is emotional. I was up, well, because it's so emotional, I was only able to watch 20 minutes. And I was like, you know what? I know exactly where this movie goes. I, Okja was like my 11 last year. I'm like, honestly. I underrated it on my list. Yeah. And I'm glad. And I, I was very proud of myself watching it last night, the first 20, 25 minutes. I'm like, this is just as good. It holds up. Mm-hmm. I will not be able to. Spoilers. I just want to say, like, I will not be able to stomach where this goes right Mm -hmm. now. I will be upset. So I'll wait until Jake shows up. Okay. Got the performance. I can talk about Jake for the theme today. Can't finish the movie. Oh, really? Emotionally? I could not go through that. Yeah. I forgot how wrenching it gets by the end. And I've also been thinking Mm -hmm. about my vegetarianism a lot lately, so I couldn't, like... I couldn't deal with that yeah. on top of it. But you got the, you got, I, I forgot that Jake in the middle of his performance, he like code switches between his on screen or his on air yeah. and then his real life. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. If you Layer. were trying to rile me up, <laughs> consider me riled mm. or whatever he says. What a mm. talent. Ah, what a talent. He is a talent. No, I'm not kidding. I know, neither am I. Even his most As I tweeted during Oakja, I get resentful of other people tweeting about Jake because I feel like I was there first and I just like, <laughs> Everyone else just thought he was hot, like in the mid aughts. Yes. And I was always like, no, he's a genius. Jake Gyllenhaal is your Mr. Pocket. Yes. Yeah. Got you, Mr. Pocket. Like, got you, Mr. He, Pocket. Okay. Have you guys seen Love and Other Drugs? Which is of course one of the I most have. Ridiculous movies of all time. I not only have I love seen it, Love and Other Drugs. I am familiar with Jake covering up his private parts so with a little throw pillow nude. on the poster. Mm-hmm. He's so he nude. He's so nude. He and Anne are both terrific in that movie. They are. It is yeah. a fun film. It is a, I don't it is not think well I like that movie very much, but uh, I, I, I'll i stand behind. I won't stand, but I will stand behind you standing. Didn't they get the Golden Globe nominations in Best Musical did. or Comedy? I, it, I saw sure that movie with my parents in the theater. Awkward. 
<laughs> Did you guys have to have the talk afterwards? Yes, the, we had to have the birds and the bees talk. At it is totally <laughs> crazy that Jake didn't get the Oscar nomination for Nightcrawler. Having it's seen insane. It again. It's, it's truly yeah. insane. I mean, it's, he, he had all the prelim awards, right? I can't remember. I can't I'm remember look either. It up right now. Uh, while you're looking that up, I will. Uh, Should I introduce I the up. program? Yeah. Yeah, if you want. Hello. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing fine. It's been sort of a hectic Monday. I'm a little drained. I'm glad to be here with my boys. We're all like feeling this Monday, right? Oh, yeah. How are you? Oh, yeah. Feeling this Monday. I, what does it feel like? Shit. <laughs> okay. Oh, Someone needs to rub my butt so I can poop. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> all right. Awkward. Tugging right. at my Jake collar. Jake got SAG, Critics' Choice, Golden Globe, BAFTA. And what did Rene Russo wow. get? Let's see. I'm on the Jake page. Uh, while you're looking at it, I will say- Let the, me introduce the The program. two performances in Nightcrawler Night are striking in their contrast, like their internal contrast, that Jake is both deeply unsettling in his sociopathy and a total fucking riot in the lampooning of the cold-blooded- uh, no pulse aspect of the American dream. And then Renee gives you desperation and authority. Mm -hmm. Renee only got the BAFTA. That's insane. Because Renee Russo should have won the Oscar that year. She's so good. Unbelievable, which makes it more of a bummer that she's not given a just whole lot. To from the first blood, moment so. when she tells Jake to go down the hall and she flicks her pen in her fingers, mm-hmm. you want to see? I'm, I'm alive. You want to so see good. Phil down the hall? What was your name again? It's yeah. This, this uh, I, I loved what, this movie when I saw it, and I still feel like oh, I severely underrated. That's it. how I feel every time. I I'll, let me say this, and then I'll introduce the program. Um, I think I told you guys I didn't like it the first time I yeah. saw it. Yeah. I remember exactly where I was, who I was with, and what was your damage, Heather? I don't know. I don't know because I watched it at home this time and I was like, holy shit. It's so cool. I underestimated it's it. Awesome. I'll probably watch it the third time and do what you did. And I read a lot of the mixed reviews of it after I watch it. I know we shouldn't get into it yet, but I'm going to right now. Yeah. Uh, I just, who, like, who cares if this has been told before, this type of theme? Like, that's every movie. Yeah. I also, and and we I'm will, so confused. And we will talk about this more as we go on. I think that Dan Gilroy has a very specific type of hyperbolic satire in his dialogue, and then also how the settings themselves are somewhat on the nose, Mm -hmm. but he is aware of this, and so it's not camp because it's constructed with, like, it has sincerity, but it also is, he builds this, he builds this artificial world Mm -hmm. and then shows just the rot on the inside of it, Mm -hmm. which is very real. Like, like he, he points to very specific symptoms of this sort of, cartoonish place that becomes more and more real as the movie goes yeah. on. And yeah. without Jake, they could be camp. Jake is the tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he yeah. Jake sets exactly the tone. what he's doing. Yeah. Hello, everyone. How are you? Um, fine. What did you do this weekend? Uh, God damn it. Okay, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another rip-roaring episode of Moviesimo. Movies IMO. Moviesimo. A m- movie? A movie where a movie podcast... With your three fave film fags, I'm Brandon Kirby. Ben, what the fuck's your name? I'm Ben MP. <laughs> Sorry, I was checking a text. <laughs> I'm Leo Bloom. Oh. I'm Daniel Crook. Oh. Wow. Okay, I'm, I'm okay o- crazy. I'm, I'm Okja. Okja! Um, hi. Okay, well, hey, how are today? You? you doing okay, Brandon? Uh, What's going on in your world? Shut up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
Dan and Renee have definitely <laughs> had up. threesomes with men. Shut up. Being the <laughs> Say third. that again without us talking over you. <laughs> what? Dan and Renee have definitely had threesomes where the third is a man. Like 100%. What are I we talking feel about? That oh. You know? Like for sure in my Wait, heart, I know I, this is true. They have big swingers energy. For I sure. forgot that Dan and Renee were together. Yeah. I cannot for say who. 40 years, not that. I cannot but, say who, nor can lives. I give any specifics, but we have a mutual friend who knows a little bit about their marriage says they're fine upstanding people which does not which is not contradicting what you're saying at all he's saying they're fucking chill yeah which means of course they do oh, sure. i love that it's like maps he's, of the stars he, it's exactly like maps he's of given the stars. a little vibe yeah. to me i mean the oh cast, are you kidding yeah. the cast yeah. of velvet budsaw is not you know cast by a straight man i want Correct. you to consider <laughs> and allowing jake to do and look what he the costumes do and were look. not approved by a Kinsey Six. Mm-hmm. Also, when you think about the Sundance, uh, the Sundance interview, the Milan, the, the the iconic, melancholy. the the melancholy moment. You guys heard the behind the story of yeah. that, but we are going to treat it as if it's real, and I want to riff <laughs> on it the entire episode. Great. But if you look at, if you look but at, they're referencing Mega Mind. DreamWorks is Mega Mind. Yeah. Bob Iger score one against Bob Iger. <laughs> if you look at the way that everyone is seated in the melancholy moment at the Sundance interview for Velvet Buzzsaw, Dan Gilroy is in a chair. Mm-hmm. Jake is next to him on the couch. Renee is to his left on the couch. It's a thruple. Yeah. He's the regular third. That's all I'm saying. It's I a think, Jake oh, sandwich. That's so God, hot. I know. And it's, it's melancholy, so Dan. That is not the first time today. It is not the first time today. So He's so, he gives such energy. Mm-hmm. Mm. I like and that when, sweater when, too. When, when, oh yeah. I need I, that sweater. Uh, going into, I believe Jeffrey tracked it down. What did, the actual I've, sweater is. Oh, he did. Did, did he get I, a price point? I don't know. It's probably like seventy five hundred dollars. Yeah, you're like seventy five. Please, <laughs> I'm like it's probably four hundred. <laughs> probably. Um, I need it though. When, because I didn't know. Did you guys know going to this that Jake plays gay? Yes, or bi, I didn't, or whatever. But uh, bimorph. I did not know. I knew he was bimorphic. But like when he when they open on Art Basel and he plays just like this. Art Basel gay. Mincing, limp-wristed. Mm. Bitchy queen. Yeah. Mm. Oh, my God. I was immediately aroused. Same. <laughs> um, I've fallen in love with that type of man one too many times. So we are talking about Dan Gilroy's latest picture, Velvet Buzzsaw, now available on Netflix. Mm. So if you haven't you watched the motion picture, Pause turn this, this off. Mm-hmm. Welcome back. It's been an hour and 50 minutes. You've seen the movie. <laughs> What did you think? You're about to find out what we thought. What if this episode we just kind of go one by one? It's like, Ben, what did you think about the movie? And then I just monologue. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, here's what I have to say. Yeah. Br- Brandon, what did you think about the movie? Well, <laughs> I didn't have very much to say. And this has been another That's episode. The episode. <laughs> Thank is, you. This has been Movies I Am. Um, that is not the first time today. Uh, ooh, okay, what so you've about? watched it. <laughs> We've watched the film. Every... We did. We did the, the lowest amount of work that was required of us to get here today. We watched the film. Every single actor is wasted. I think you're saying every single week we watch a film. We watch a couple films. We call it homework. Oh, let me say what the homework. Everyone was. is a little oh, yeah. wasted. We're discussing. We're also discussing Dan Gilroy's Nightcrawler, and oh, we're, we're, we did Jake snapped. <laughs> the theme is Jake snapped. So we did um, Nightcrawler, where he's a Cold-parted killer, basically. He, he snapped. He snapped. And Akja, where he plays a 
uh, nature. Steve Irwin snapped. A bitchy Steve Irwin. He was snapped. Yes, and he's we very sweaty. Brokeback Mountain because he snapped. He's, he snaps pretty hard. <laughs> Thank you. I will say that I tweeted a picture of him screaming at Heath with the caption that feeling that is not the first time today. I we should have done that. we should have done movies where um I was gonna say movies where Okja shows his butt. Movies where Jake shows just, his butt. We should just do all of the movies where Jake is coded as homosexual. Yes. So I, that does include most of them lately. Okja. Probably we could throw Nightcrawler in. Sure, he's. Just I think so. He's a very lonely, sensitive boy mm-hmm. in Zodiac, in mm. Prisoners. Oh yeah, mm. he's so good in Prisoners. He is, and it's he's not really. Good it's not prisoners. one of those manic Jake performances. It's it's the obsessive Jake performance, mm-hmm. which he does in Zodiac, of course, and um, which you kind of like. You get manic and obsessive in Love and Other Drugs. Like yeah. he's such a hard-hitting salesman and, mm-hmm. and he wants to hit his quotas and he puts <laughs> work first and play second but mm. he really knows how to get down and play oh yeah he does mm. that throw pillow right i saw prisoners at a sag screening and so there was a q a after and <laughs> was melissa leo there yes <laughs> in fact she was she was consider it i remember thinking oh my god <laughs> jake is on drugs and he's dying because he looked so bad and it was because he was filming nightcrawler at there the you time. go oh his arms are still so big though in nightcrawler they are but it's he does look he's sinewy very very yeah. sinewy but he has like that, t- that that type of like gay arm muscle where it looks kind of Lanky, small. looks kind of, but it's deceptive. Yeah, it's you can wrap your arm around it, and then it hits the light from a certain angle. You're like, yep. oh my god, that's gonna, that is gonna crush my throat. Yep, mm. yep. And, and that's then, so much of the Jake performance. Yeah, he's sinewy, but he also uh, will crush your throat. But I like in Velvet Butt Plug, he's just allowed to be fully ripped. Oh, I, I hashtag Jack Jake be hot 2019. <laughs> and Dan, I love, I love that episode of The West Wing. Speaking of that Q and A. And Melissa Leo, that's where Melissa Leo, someone asked, how do you choose your roles? And she said, do you really think I can, I have the luxury of turning down a role? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember <laughs> I, you saying I hate that. to, I hate to velvet butt plug this person and I won't say who it is. I'll just say that they, <laughs> nice. uh, they write about awards for a major outlet and sometimes their analysis is uh, racially questionable. Um, he wrote very, just say racist. <laughs> What 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 is the thing that the 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 coded language that instead of being like someone made a racist comment it's racially like, charged racially no no accusations of racially charged language yeah anyway um, Melissa Leo uh, I would just like to say for the record yeah, that's fine they do that because they could get sued if they call someone racist that's but, true but then when, but then when Ralph Northam uh, was found to have uh, taken these did it say racist yes. Interesting. So it's interesting that it's it, interesting, that interesting, rich. It's interesting, layered. Yeah, it's certainly, uh, certainly layered. Um, anyway, I don't really care to tell my story. Just that ultimately, Melissa Leo <laughs> is a wonderful woman who accepts every role because mm-hmm. she's gonna if she's her. offered the role, yeah. she's going to take it. Mm-hmm. She needs the money. She's not a billionaire. She's not Bradley Cooper with hangover royalties. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, Come but on. I'm just. I just realized a Come good. On. I just realized a parallel between Melissa Leo and The Big Short and our boy Jake. Ah. Uh. In the film Velvet Butt Plug, where they're both having to wear, they just got their eyes dilated uh-huh. at the um, optometrist. Oh yeah, and they're having True. to wear those. Like, what does he say? He's like, when he's handed the the, the thin dilated glasses, he's like, these are heinous. Yes, yeah. but they're heinous. <laughs> and Melissa Leo doesn't Melissa Leo wear those for the entirety of her big short performance? I believe so. The joke, the joke, the joke, the joke yeah. is like the, shuffling paper. The joke yes. is that the Wall Street experts 
can't actually see what's in front of them. Uh, nice. I was uh, doing an interview with Adam McKay yeah. with the Directors Guild podcast, and mm. let me tell you, if you thought his movies were condescending, you should listen to this interview. Oh, well, that makes a lot he of sense. He literally says, has anyone read that one of like the Lyndon B. Johnson massive biographies? The Senate years? And he literally, he goes, oh, really? When no one has read it? I could see him being someone like... <laughs> He's like, wow. no, he's it's, such an it's like, we just didn't think it was appropriate to talk back at your talk back. He's like, I don't know if anyone's familiar with the presidential historian, uh, Doris Kearns Goodwin. Waits one second. Oh, really? No. Mm-hmm. Not, haven't heard of her. Really? No. It's like, we're trying to be polite. <laughs> we're not talking over you. That's I nice. mean, I'm making that moment up, but like, that's, that's, that's the yes. energy I get from that. That's what that was. Yeah. Yikes. About the Yikes. William B. Johnson biography. We are going to get uh, Adam McKay's team of rivals coming to a big screen near you. <sighs> We've already got that. And it's so good. It is. One day, I mean, I was already like, I really want to do a Lincoln episode, but we've already done a Lincoln episode. Did we? When we did uh, the post. Did we? When we did the post. <laughs> when we did the post. What? How dare you, sir? I don't, I've never watched, I mean, I've seen Lincoln, but I didn't watch it for homework. Yeah, we did it for about? the post. What? We watched it? I think we all just we gave up whatever Spielberg we felt like. Yeah, all of which should, oh. which should just be our regular theme. Anytime there's a Spielberg to talk about, it's like go in any direction. Yeah, you just build watch, your just own curriculum. Ready Player Spielberg. One three times in a row. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you would, <laughs> I would, yeah. I would like to do that. <laughs> so Velvet, <laughs> Velvet Buttfuck. I keep is wanting about to call what? it Velvet Goldmine. I've oh, called yeah. it Velvet Goldmine more than once. Oops. I kind of hum it to myself. I'm like, you're my Velvet Buzzsaw. Nice. Bamie ain't never gonna oh. take me down. Velvet Except in the last five minutes. Elvis. Gonna screw back through my neck. Velvet Elvis oh. is about... I'm seeing Casey tomorrow, by the way. What? Oh. Tell you about it off mic. Oh my God. Okay, this movie is about... I'm trying to pull up some names here. An art critic... I didn't even pull up my laptop. Named... Morph Vanderwalt, played by Jake Gyllenhaal. He's a bisexual man with a hot boyfriend who wants to go skinny dipping with him, mm. but he's too busy on his laptop in the nude. That to is do such that. a sad moment when he's like, "Come on, come on, Morph, hop in." And then he like removes his towel. He has his perfect ass, and he just like he knows he's that he's great. Ace. He's got a great ass. But you can tell by the way that the boyfriend, I think his name is Eric, sure. is like walking towards the pool. He is trying to be the object of desire. Mm-hmm. And then we like cut to Jake. Or we see Jake and he's just like on his fucking laptop. It's yeah. so sad. It's like the end of a relationship. It's so sad. Um, but then we find out that Eric has been spilling secrets to, what's her name, Redondo? <laughs> Renee Russo's character? Renee Russo plays Rodendron. Rodora Hayes, <laughs> the owner of Hayes Gallery. Rhodes Scholar. Right, it's Hayes, H-A-Z-E. Yes, correct. <laughs> Hayes. Uh, which so, is a rock star name. Rodora's sure. assistant, uh, Josefina, played by Zaw Ashton. I haven't seen her before, but she's apparently in the Netflix Tony Collette series <gasps> Wanderlust. I've heard she that. is bad. I think I agree. I I agree. I caught myself about halfway through the movie where she had a good scene. I'm like, oh, she's kind of a breakout. And I'm like, no. Remember the other half of the movie? Yeah. I don't want to shit on her because I don't really no, think, I think that she I is just don't, I think that I, she is tasked with something impossible. Which is like, she, she is basically asked to, it's not impossible, but if this is the trash Disney remake of The Jungle Book, where we have the one live 
live action kid and he has to behave as if there are animals all around him and there's no one there. She has to act as if there's this, this demonic force which Dan Gilroy never actually visually articulates in any meaningful way. <laughs> yes. She is basically acting against a green screen. Mm-hmm. So I'd give her some credit for that. And yeah. when she's not as- acting against a green screen, she's acting against Jake Gyllenhaal and Renee Russo. And- <laughs> she can- she yeah. is not, she is. And this, this, is me, this is me doing Jake voice. She is not Elizabeth Debicki and Widows. Oh. oh. <laughs> uh, okay, so Josefina, her neighbor dies. She goes into the dead neighbor's apartment for some reason and comes across a bevy of old a trove a trove of paintings paintings of art of art Brandon pieces so she takes the pieces and then shows them to Renee Russo and she's like what is what are you art because she wants to she wants no she's selling them on her own and Renee Russo finds out she just barges right in she's like you have a non-compete clause we can take it to court we can both make some money and I know that's what you want (laughs) I know this would be rich want. and famous. Which I, I know that your goals. And then she's like, I used to see a pro- I used to see myself and you when we used to stay up late drinking Riesling <laughs> until three in the morning and talking about your goals and your ideas. And now you're disappointing me. I'm disappointed by you. And Josephina, we don't even see her to make her decision. She just cut two. All right, they're working together. Yeah, and that is not the first time in this movie where we make a leap and it's not explained <laughs> and it's not supposed to be elliptical. And this, so this, this like satirized version of the LA art world that Gilroy builds it's it's populated with these other characters John Malkovich plays this like artist, artist. who has writer artist block watches the square and goes to the and then there's once. Don John <laughs> Juan or whatever who's John John hot. Don Don John, I believe it's John John Kennedy. Very hot. And then um, David Diggs from Blind Spotting oh, yeah. plays uh, Dem Riche, who's like this up and coming like artist. hot artist that mm-hmm. people want to work with. And right, then he's from a from a people's collective. Yeah, right. And then he was Tony, living on the street six months ago. He was populous. And now he's, she's like, <laughs> Renee Russo's like, look, you think I lost my edge? You think I don't care? My client's inside. I'm out here doing shots with you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, no, I mean, I don't, I don't have anything clever to say. It's just like, I was very nauseated by the idea of like doing vodka shots while it's sunny out. It's like lukewarm <laughs> vodka shots in the middle of the afternoon in Miami. I was just like, well, she's still a business. Like, it's not like she's choosing this for yeah. fun. By right. the way, Rene Russo is good in that scene. Rene Russo is good she is. in she every is. scene. Yes. She's just not given enough to do, in no. my personal opinion, in my movies. It's a very bad IMHO. role for her. But she's good with what? Jake has the strongest character and it's still not good enough. Well, mm-hmm. I appreciate I I look, I I made a rule and I've got a lot of pull in this town. So I understand like I I set my rule and it was widely accepted and it was the new rule which is that we can no longer use the word Altman-esque to describe a movie. And I would not describe this movie as Altman-esque because it fails at that. There's no like overlapping dialogue. Like the the stories don't actually zigzag in any sort of meaningful way. And also the thing about an Altman movie is there's 25 characters and you know who exactly each person is. If this movie had been able to pull off that ensemble work, I would have been floored by it and impressed. Like I thought it was going to be purely from Jake's POV. And instead everybody is sort of crisscrossing through each yeah. other's lives. Mm-hmm. And we do a little detour over here yeah. with Coco. With, well, see Coco. Oh yeah. Coco. I actually do think is the Altman-esque success. Of she's the movie. solid. She, she's Gerald. Is the Tomorrowland girl? Uh, Who is that? I don't know. No, she's uh, no, 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 she's Stranger not. Things. She, it's it's like oh, it, yeah, it's yeah. like part Geraldine Chaplin in Natalia Nashville. Natalia Dyer. It's like part Geraldine Chaplin in Nashville and part um, 
uh, oh fuck me. Uh, the other the 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 actress in Nashville who ends up on the stage. It's it's less Geraldine Chaplin in Nashville than the woman who ends up on the stage at the end of the of the end of the on the Parthenon at the end. After I'm not going to say what happens. Oh, I haven't seen Nashville. I, I have, but yeah. Ba- I don't know very Basically well. just like the, the not even like the C level character, like the E level character, who by just by virtue of being around becomes elevated as the plot goes on, just by being in the right place at the right time. I do think that works in an Altman esque kind of way. Yeah, as Coco. But it's I, I just it pissed me off because as soon as I discovered this was an ensemble picture, I got really juiced. And then I think the movie fails to deliver any music. Isn't she the only one who survives? Correct. But she goes home sh- to Michigan or whatever. But right. we we right. are le- we are led to believe that um Actually, I don't know if we're led to believe anything. Nice. Hell yeah. Um, really quick, Tony Collette plays an art advisor. She's also bitchy. She, she first works for LACMA. Fake LACMA. La- Lama. Lama. Lanma. The Zama Lama. And then she she's like, fuck it, I want to make some money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she becomes an art advisor for um, big clients. I can't so, say but who. The, the, don't make me, I can't say who. I can't the, tell you. The Matthew McConaughey thrust of the plot here, though, right. is, thank you. Is uh, the artwork from the dead oh, right. neighbor is haunted by some spirit? It's a haunted art. They, movie. they, they, they. It's it's a bunch of teenagers getting picked off one by one in an early two thousands horror movie. It, it's a Jalo movie, is what it is. Actually. It is. I had that thought. It's a jo- uh, No, but here's the other but thing. But it's like a cheap... But it's bad. I agree. No, it's... it's, just, it's here's the thing. Do the I, kills suck. I agree. Let's talk about how bad the kills this are. Is, this is what frustrates me about the movie and why I admire it on some level. Like I was saying to Ben before where we got started, this is a two-star movie that I give three stars on Letterboxd just because I admire that it goes for it. At the same time, it never actually reaches very far. It doesn't actually... It has interesting ideas. None of them were ever fully brought to life. Yeah. And so the altman thing frustrates me because you can see all the pieces there to make it work and it doesn't. And then the second thing is the Jalo aspect. The kills are not interesting. They have no tension. They are like the, the, the you know, remember like the museum kill in Blood and Black Lace? Yeah. Which is so I intricate. I know, and I was thinking when I was watching, we need to remind Ben to watch Blood and Black Lace. But just the way that the tension grows, but also just how visually exciting it is. And these, these, the first two kills are so boring. Which yes. ones are they? The guy getting hanged. The velvet necktie. And then the... Um, the car. The trap. The car. The, the, the Billy Magnuson car thing. Billy the Magnuson monkeys. ripping his shirt off. Hell yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. It's just... It's just... It's... <laughs> you know, I like... I like this mix of highbrow, lowbrow. Like, mm-hmm. highbrow art world mixed with lowbrow. Like, they're a bunch... Blood and black lights. They're basically a bunch of teenagers. Yeah. Like they're children, they they talk like children. They're very immature. They have nothing meaningful. To but say. they're they're rich millionaires living in the hills or whatever. And they, you know, I think Dan Gilroy said like I they, I think they all deserve to die. So I liked I had fun killing them off. But it's like, did you? Yeah. Because yeah. The, you didn't. None of the kills are fun. Well, it's like maybe Dan Gil. I mean, Dan Gilroy is obviously not like this big pure of heart guy. Nightcrawler is just like so toxic and has a really black heart. Mm-hmm. You saw Roman J. Israel Esquire. I maybe you can speak to that. Finally, watched Roman J. Yeah. Israel Esquire, which I've been meaning to watch. Thumbs up. It's good. Mm-hmm. The the second half is very deflating compared to the first half. The first half you're like, oh, this is great, and then it just like. It's a little bit meandery. It's a little bit like you don't know. He doesn't know what he's trying to say, but it's solid. Yeah. It's a solid movie. But he should be able. It's about a man who's very deep in his convictions and he loses his way to capitalism. And then he he eventually does come back to 
oh, these are my actual beliefs. So strong mm. in its character work and strong in its system, okay. which is why it makes no sense that Velvet Butt Plug, which does have this grand environment, like the inner workings of... The, we get an idea of the social strata of this world, and I give Gilroy credit for that. Mm-hmm. And also these big, larger-than-life characters who actually are quite vapid, and I'm sure that's the point, but you still have to... It's not like you have to like make us like them, but you do have to make us have some investment in them. Yeah. The one scene that almost made me like the movie and the scene I appreciated most was the Tony Collette kill. The Tony Collette kill is... It's the most disturbing one. It's, it's the most interesting. It's the mm. most interesting. And the the way her body becomes accidentally part of the... Hurt. That, you know, that's the furthest that the commentary mm-hmm. actually tries to go that, somewhere. They do that joke way too many times, though, that, oh, yeah. that's not actually part of the piece, and mm-hmm. they should have just saved it for the Tony Collette. Well, it, it's like yeah. when, when the hot art dealer is like, this art is so yeah. important, and John Malkovich is like, it's not art, it's trash bags, mm-hmm. you know? It, that's yeah. a little obvious. Yeah. Yeah. It would be better with just Tony. Yeah. Just Tony. Tony, 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 I'm a very Tony. big proponent of things happening only once in a movie. Sure. Do it. Unless it's you're making a point of it being repeated. Or if you're showing Jake in all his mm, uh, Olympian mm, bodice. I like when he's researching and just in the nude. In the nude. I, lo- I love Spotlight. It's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> I love Spotlight. I hate and I spotlight, the scene where... Jake and Josephina are yelling at each other all of a sudden for no reason. Mm-hmm. After they have sex? Like, yes. It's like they're in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, we didn't get to this point. We're just at this point already. Well, yeah, this just didn't happen. Think about yeah. how much more interesting the sexual politics are in Nightcrawler, even though we never see Renee Russo and Jake Gyllenhaal go to bed together. Just totally. the, the, the power of it, the blackmail aspect, and the reveal, which is we watch her turn him down. And then like 30 minutes later, he's like, I want you to give me a better rate in the newsroom. I want an exclusive deal with you. And I want you to do the things that I tell you to do when we're in bed together. Like, so good. it's so insidious. Yeah. And, and again, gets at the power dynamic. Mm-hmm. And there's none of that in Velvet Buzzsaw. Because yeah. it's just so, it gives you, again, like it shows you everything without giving you anything. Yeah. It's so frustrating. Like this movie has a lot of big ideas. And it's a haunted art movie. Yeah. It, the slasher is a demon in the art. Mm-hmm. And yet, it never comes to life in any sort of imaginative way. It reminded me of In Fabric. Oh, yeah, which I, I saw seen. at TIFF. Mm-hmm. And is also one of the most poorly photographed demon possession of an, of an inanimate object. It's like the sisterhood of the ever haunted genes. Let's, let's, can we talk about how ugly this movie let's is? Let's talk about yes. Bobby Ellswood. So... It looks like a Netflix movie, and I don't even know what I mean by that. Like overlit. it's cheap, overlit. It just it does look all of so all of the fades why? to black. I mean, why? that's more an editorial choice, but mm-hmm. all the fades to black. Like I said this before we got on the mic, but I mean, I feel like the Netflix movie has become its own genre at this point. Certainly, its own visual style. Yeah, and like, what? What? Why? I think why? that I think that Elsewood is and and Gilroy are trying to do this sort of like overlit anesthetic or antiseptic whatever you want to say like world of glossy surfaces where they're uh, like the, the the joke is how plastic it looks mm-hmm. like but even then i was saying to ben like it's like with naturalism like it actually takes a lot of work to make something seem off the cuff and and like it's actually unfolding in front of you in real time and 
you have to make this movie really garish if you want that to be the look. Because as is, it just looks like you made a mistake. Yeah. Like, it's not late Fellini. No. And it should be. Yeah. It should look like a late Fellini, and it doesn't. And why doesn't it? Yeah. Give me a reason, Dan Gilroy. Okay. I know that this is purely conjecture, but I'm going to go here. Please. Don't sue us. He should not have made this movie one year from Roman J. Israel. He should have taken some time off and then gone back to the script, mm. taken three more months on the script. Like, I, I just feel, it just feels rushed to me. I feel like he could have gotten there. The, again, the, exe- yeah. the execution is sloppy because it, it's sort of like, um, when- do I want to put this on the microphone? No, I won't drag a film school friend. But it's the idea of like having big ideas for something and then you show up to set and you're like, all right, I'm ready for the big set piece. And it's like, great, tell us what to do. It's like, yeah. oh, I didn't do any of the work yes. to bring this to life. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so it just feels underbaked. It feels overthought out. But under, I mean, let, let, let me take it back. Like, I think when he was writing this, he had some big visual ideas that he wanted to accomplish. And at the end of the day, he really only does it in the Josephina kill with all the paint dripping down and then climbing up her body and covering her in paint. And then it's very gold, the gold finger death, like, which isn't even that good. But it's like, I, when you think about like of all the pieces of art that you're working with here, again, it's maybe about art that become murder objects. Mm-hmm. There are just so many the sky is truly the limit in how, in how you can bring this to life visually. Yeah. And it seems like he just took the lazy route every single time. Yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah. they were just like, oh, Netflix is going to fund it. Let's go right now. Instead of doing the due diligence of making an actual movie. There's a question that's, of whether they... That's definitely how it feels. There's a question of whether they wanted to get it done for Sundance. But at the same time, I look. I almost wonder if Netflix wanted it to debut at Sundance because it's this crazy gonzo movie in theory on paper in the trailer, and then it hits Netflix the next week. Yeah. It's the opportunity to build a lot of buzz in the film sphere. Buzz. A lot of buzz. Nice. Did, of so did plugs. Netflix fund it before it hit Sundance? And oh, no, yeah. It was a Netflix movie when it went yeah, to Sundance. Yeah, I think it was always Got it. a Netflix okay. movie. It, so did, Net- it, it didn't premiere in competition at Sundance. It was a premiere. Right. I mean, you, right. Know, you know what I mean by that. I know, it yeah. did not compete. It was a premiere. Netflix already had it. I'm not quite using the right language, but I don't want to go through all the different. We yeah. all know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just. I don't know. It just seems. I don't like. Is but okay, Ben. You saw it in the theater. I did. So did did it feel like you were seeing a movie that wasn't on Netflix? I don't know. You know what I mean? Yes. Because it reminded me of In Fabric, okay. and that is a movie that is. It just feels like a mediocre movie. Hmm. But it does feel like a real movie. Okay. Because there is that aspect of, you know, you're watching it at home. And is that why Netflix movies have that weird through Well, line? is that why I'm maybe being a little generous to it? Because I just watched it with half a bottle of wine at home on a Sunday night? you didn't night? drive 25 minutes to the Landmark? Not at all. Yep. If I would have drove 25 minutes to the Landmark, you better believe I, I would have given been, it I would have been really angry. I, I wanted, I'm going to give it one and a half. I wanted to leave so yeah. bad. I found, yeah. I just, it's not that I kept hoping it was going to get better. Um, cause I don't think it's a total disaster. I mean, no. I don't think the pacing is especially good, but apart from a couple stretches where I got a little bored, like I did, I don't want to say I enjoyed watching the whole thing, but I was kind of fascinated to see how it was either going to fail or if it was going to pull mm-hmm. some stuff out, like with the Tony Collette kill. Mm-hmm. Some of it's not bad. And I, like I said, I actually think he does a pretty good job of building the social strata and politics of the environment. Like I know nothing about 
where the dealer, the art critic, the museum, the buyers, the artists, like I have no idea how this all intersects. And I appreciated the sort of uh, incestuous portrait that is also very detailed and who, what is permissible um, in terms of uh, what is overstepping your discrete space in this very incestuous environment, by which I mean like it seems like everybody can just do whatever they want, but everyone actually has very firm lines. Like I found yeah. that fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, it's never fully explored. No, no, nothing is. Yeah, it's all a bunch of ideas. Which, but it, none of it oh, is. It's my like the favorite of part ideas. of the movie yeah. is when Tony Collette is getting into her car and she's on the phone with Morph and she's like, "Well, Josephine and David Diggs are getting into their car right now." And it's like, "Why the fuck are they across the street?" Oh yeah, and that was because it's so because convenient. It's this incestuous it is very, just like it is convenient, <laughs> but this is where like where I do think that it is proud schlock, which hurts it. Mm-hmm. Like what's great about Jalo is that it, it does have all of these just sort of devious desires and, and, and really um, takes a real thrill in the kill, but more like the mounting up towards it. But, and a lot of the good ones are the ones I've seen that are really good. Like the craft is really high. The tension building is really tight. Like it's actually very well plotted and the craft is, just because just because you're allowing yourself to have fun doesn't mean you can't put together a sharp piece of work. Yeah. And this movie just is a little duller than I'd like. Speaking it to of be. tension building, towards the end, basically the end, we get we get this cross cutting between Josephina's oh. kill, mm-hmm. Jake's kill, and Renee's not quite killed yeah. yet. Yes. But it's so devoid of tension to me. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it goes on for so long and you're like, when will this it's get you don't. It's because you don't care about the characters. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah Jake, Jake's especially, the return of like the hobo man. You, you that's feel your protagonist's like, death. Yeah. And, and, it, <laughs> and it's also, the death itself is like off screen. Yeah. yeah. The and fact that Jake dies off screen. And he's basically sodomized by a robot. Yeah. And that like. Yeah, good point. Yeah, you know he stuffs his crutch right up there. He I, used his crutch as a velvet butt plug. <laughs> That's actually why it's called velvet butt plug. <laughs> also, the I know title? velvet buzzsaw is Renee's. What is it? Her band. It's the band for punk in. band. It's about artistic integrity and actually standing for something. Mm-hmm. That's what the title is. I think. I just love when her razor blade just her <laughs> <laughs> just revs I up saw on her someone, neck. She's like, ah. so, someone, someone on Discord. Some, just a scratch, Daddy. Someone on Discourse said that it reminded them of, of a Final Destination death in a good way. I was like, I've never I, seen it. So okay, movie. this is also on top of being Jalo, on top of being like low grade like slasher. It's a Final Destination movie because all of these people have a predestined. They're all going to die. It's fine art destination. Fine art destination. They've made but, a Faustian bargain to <laughs> sell this art. Daniel Gilroy should have watched one Final Destination to get some ideas. Danny, <laughs> yeah, have a paintbrush go through. Put him in a tanning bed and fry. <laughs> like put him, decapitate someone who's driving in one of those movies. Every someone I mean, gets someone gets decapitated in every episode. Someone <laughs> episode. You know what I mean. Someone gets decapitated. A log goes through their car. Yes, that's. What it's upsetting. Obliterates them. That FD two. That that's Final Destination two. FD two has the best final note, which is that our survivors. It's a flash forward. It's an outdoor barbecue. The survivors think they've made it. They're chilling out. They're 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 very very um, Ethan Hunt Mission Impossible. They're chilling. Mm. Chilling. They're with grilling. The boys. They're having a few beers. Uh-huh. 
it's the family of like the final survivors and then one of them tips off the other like they they didn't actually solve the puzzle or whatever it was at the end that they needed to 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 cheat death yes so then like in the back of a shot if i'm remembering correctly one of the characters is like next to a barbecue and it like blows up and then it cuts to the picnic table where like his parents and all their friends are sitting and they're like, what? And then like his decapitated like head or hand like slams on the picnic table and his mom's just like, ah, and then that's the end of the movie. Can I tell you my favorite FD kill? Yes. So this girl like climbs down a fire escape from her apartment. That's like exploding or something. And then she falls on her back on, and the fire escape ladder like goes down, but it stops right before it impales through her head. She's like, Whew. And then it impales her head. <laughs> I don't think I can right like, through her eye socket. I don't socket. think I could watch these movies now, but like I still have sort of a dark comic uh, appreciation for them. Like this is what Velvet Buzzsaw should have been. Like, give me yeah. the the razor blade on the back. Give of Give me the fuck you, Benjamin Franklin moment of Velvet Butt Plug, which is in Final Destination Three when the son from Smart House. It's like it's like Brokeback Mountain. Like it's the Fourth of July. There's fireworks in the mm. background, and there's some like mm. Benjamin Franklin impersonator, <laughs> and the kid just goes, "Fuck you, Benjamin Franklin." <laughs> what? It's a classic. <laughs> I wish this movie was good. Me too. It I has really a do. Lot of elements that could get there. Yeah. Yep. And they don't. And the kills are a key component of that. Yes. Like make the kills interesting. It's like. I was, I guess even though I agree with all of this and I'm contributing to it, like I just don't think that it, it doesn't even not go the extra mile. It doesn't finish the race that it's trying to accomplish. It doesn't cross the finish line. It's trying to run across whatever, but I did find myself consistently quote unquote entertained and that like, I didn't wish I was doing something else. Yeah. Which I Which is why I think I gave it three stars on Letterboxd. Like I was on my couch drinking mm-hmm. wine. Yeah. I would not drove to a theater. theater at home. Well, you don't know that. I I really was expecting like a 15 minute, like a payoff. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, there's got to be a big finish. I just, like, yeah. And I was yes. expecting the big finish to be the Renee death, which was like fine. And the Jake death, which was horrible and stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Josephina death, I hated when she turned into paint, like cool visually. But like, I just hate that character. So whatever. It's good until... The actual reveal of her in the mural is the last thing. It's like that's how I feel. It's like we skip the interesting part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to see how she got stuck in the yes. wall. Yes, yeah. we don't get any of that. Of course, did they not have enough money? Like bone crunching <laughs> yes. scene. Like, did they not have enough money for no, this? They stuff? sure did. I just don't I'm think. Sure, that, they I just did. don't think that. I don't want to say he didn't it's think just it out. Laziness. I think he was going for something, but I don't know what that was. He was course, probably high on his own supply. The irony of this entire conversation is that the dialogue we're engaging in is more specific than the dialogues that uh, yeah. are like the empty, uh, affected art chatter, op- opinion sharing, like opinion banter. It's like, can you ever forgive me? Did it better in asides in that first party scene when it comes to nailing the empty discourse around art from art lovers and like. We're all, all three of us at certain times are certainly guilty of this. Like whether on this microphone, whether online, whether just in our own thoughts or talking with people, like at some point you are just sort of spinning your wheels, but you, and you're, and you're either overcompensating or like, yes, sure. But can you ever forgive me gets that and like two asides and that opening literary party mm-hmm. than this movie does when it's spoken entirely in that dribble. Yeah. 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 And like all the Jake lines of like, 
criticism is so whatever, whatever. It's so draining and and what does he say? I think he says it's limiting. He says he says point. he says it's limiting, but he also I think he says like it's so emotionally draining and limiting. And like negative like reviews are better than living in a bin of anonymity or whatever. Anonymity. Anonymity. And they're like, but he killed himself. Or whatever. Yeah. I liked later when when Jake was like, and I liked that show. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. It's it's it reminds me a little bit of the critic and Birdman, which rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Just on that, it's just this filmmaker. Ah, uh, but Lindsay Duncan. Is Lindsay Duncan's so great. Good. Lindsay Duncan's great. I think Jake is good in this movie, even though I don't think he's given enough to do. But it's yeah. like, I'm not saying this movie is critic. This movie should be an hour shorter, and it's not even two hours long. I agree. Like with what we are presented with, you could cut half of it. There's. There's just this 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 built-in defense that like when they're making this movie, I think that you can tell that they think they're making something making something really dangerous and something really like fuck you to the establishment. Like I'm sure there like was like when some... Renee says all art is dangerous. Oh, oh yeah, that's a yikes Cause the, moment. Yeah, because the art kills you. The... Oh, and then there, but just like there the... are so many moments like that where Renee will say like people are killing for this art. They would <laughs> kill for this. A lot of <laughs> mentions of kill. Blood is literally being shed for this art. <laughs> It's like, I love art. It's like, we get it. It's a horror movie, Dan. It'd be great if Josephina tomorrow was like, my dream, apart from making a lot of money, making it big, I would love to, I would love to just turn into art. Mm. I would love to one day if become, I would love one that. day to become art I myself. Be art. I want to be the art. She, she's like, when I'm looking at a really good painting, I can feel that I'm in the painting. <laughs> that would have been so good. Dan Gilroy writing that line, Antonio yeah. Banderas. Mm. Jif. But uh, don't you think that like, there's this, the, the, they think they're really taking the piss out of criticism here mm-hmm. in a way they that, they're, sure that they're do. like, it doesn't matter what people write about this movie because at the end of the day, we're smarter than them. Right. And it's, it, it doesn't, it doesn't offend me at all. I, I'm not a critic and it, I don't think that it's so insidious or uh, even threatening or, yeah. or dangerous. The punch, <laughs> the punchline of the movie is it, it lands with a wet, plop it's like when the when the street vendor has oh, yeah. the cursed art yeah. and the are like how much and he's like oh five dollars like that's the punchline it's right. just it's not mccabe and mrs miller when it when it comes to sure talking ain't. about the value of things and 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 the people who and that punchline is commodity. not i would never ask you to do something that i wouldn't do myself which is the nightcrawler punchline yes. right which is which great also the only flaw in nightcrawler is that it doesn't cut to black at that exact moment I, I, they, they the second they time I watched it, I really wish that it did. They don't all need to get in their vans and like drive. Yeah, away. we don't need it, yeah. but I forgive it. Yeah. Damn. Can you ever forgive it? Damn. Can we move on to Nightcrawler? Yeah, yep. I'd be happy to. Nightcrawler, here we go. Ben? I fucking love this movie. I think it's Fuck yeah. perfect. I think yeah, it is great. a perfect movie. I think Jake gives one of the best performances of the decade. And this is a movie that I think a lot of people would use the like, oh, but is it a good movie if he wasn't in it? Well, he is in it, <laughs> right. so who gives a fuck? <laughs> well, like, it, it's just I've a... heard that about There Will Be Blood. Well, what if Daniel Day-Lewis wasn't in it? Would you still like it as much? He's in the movie! <laughs> it's <laughs> so, you have to I just, accept it on those terms. I think yes. that's a limiting and draining critique. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I agree. I mean, it's, it's, it, there, it's just, it, it, the fallacy is that you can divorce performance from vision Mm -hmm. it's not like they got to set and paul thomas anderson or dan girl was like oh yeah oh i can work with this (laughs) like one it's that's the movie it's in the script Mm -hmm. and two that's the energy that is required to bring it to life both there will be blood and nightcrawler have this hyperbolic thematic environment Mm -hmm. going on and they're the ones who articulate it yeah they set the tones of their movies yes and it's just anyway it's just so good 
I'm sorry. It is a perfect movie. I mean, you you love movies about uh, capitalism. I do. <laughs> and I love movies about and people like, doing what they will for money. I like It's a movie about mm. the dangers of freelancing. Yes, yeah. true. Um, and I love just, Jake is just so fucking committed. Oh, yeah. It's and been it's called so an th- vulnerable. It's been called an authentic taste of Mexico City. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else could have played this part. To a solid B plus, the movie would still be good. Yeah, but it's like it's Melissa McCarthy in "Can You Forgive Me," where I'm just like, they there is not a frame where they are not fully in this movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and in this character. I remember Jake saying that he every single day of this movie he would run for two hours before he got to set. Has to. <laughs> It's just, just well, he, crazy. The energy is manic, and he's also, he just seems like he's on the edge of death. Because mm-hmm. they were shooting at night, yeah. so first of all, you're not sleeping at all. Yeah. And then when he would wake up at 5 o'clock, he would just go for a two-hour run and then go to set. Is it Godard or Truffaut who says that film lovers are sick people? I don't remember. Which, I which, have heard that. Which, which one of our faves on Twitter has that as their, is it Iana? So, someone has that as their bio on Twitter. Really? But I think that Gilroy totally buys into that. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. In in both Nightcrawler and in Velvet Buzzsaw, it's Truffaut. Um, someone on Twitter has that as their as their bio. But so it, it's not just the critique of capitalism, the idea that like if you pull yourself, or the idea that like you find a market, you conquer the market, you are successful, mm-hmm. you can water that plant and that plant will grow. Like it's mm-hmm. not just that. He is also critiquing filmmaking itself and the scopophilic pleasure we get from violence or acts on screen that are ultimately damaging towards people and have very little care for humanity. Mm-hmm. Like just at the point about after Jake starts like selling the videos, he's like, I've been really focusing on my framing, you know? And then Rene Russo is like, is that blood on your shirt? Like, <laughs> it's, it's, he, it's really building up this idea that like by making these films, like they are, and I wondered if it was Godard because of what you said about the image book, just about like culpability mm-hmm. and yeah. image creation. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a film movie lovers about culpable. Filmmaking. Yeah, it's a movie about filmmaking too. It, it really is. But how, about... but how it's just kind of a disgusting act. Yeah, and like contriving it's... these scenes to make it more visually interesting. It's Madeline's Madeline on to that. make yes to mm-hmm. make sure that you the, that the audience is gripped to give the audience the lowest common denominator thing that they truly they say they want this but they really want this right and it's right. This fucked up. You think you want John Dealman, you actually want to orchestrate this. You want Final Destination you want, too. <laughs> you want you think you want John Dealman, you actually want Final Destination too. Yes. Fuck well yeah. You think you you actually want Serenity. I do actually want Serenity. Yeah. Uh, let's pivot to Serenity. Um I also like I am passing off the fishing rod to Jason <laughs> Clark, who has requested it. <laughs> I'm doing nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he has requested it <laughs> into the waters. <laughs> into it's just so funny into when the, they they've got it in their hoister. <laughs> you know, we, they're like, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't talk about how Jason Clark is thrust into the mouth of justice at the end of the movie. Literally. Really landing the metaphor. It's like, Hell why yeah. justice? It's like because true. justice will be wrought upon Jason Clark. <laughs> justice will eat true. Jason Clark. And think about I that. like in Nightcrawler. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the uh, the 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 view of the local news station oh yeah and how soulless it is mm. and how the guy from real Ho- the gay from real housewives is like what are y'all doing and this te- is morally wrong oh yeah do y'all know ted shaw ted shaw ted shaw from Mad Men. oh yes mm-hmm. who are you talking about are we talking about the same no person? he's from um he had an arc on Desperate Housewives mm. as oh. a gay. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Ted Shaw on Mad Men. Yeah, well, Ted like, Shaw. And, and the guy on Desperate Housewives. I love the detail. Like, like he, and his beady little eyes. He acts as if he's better than it. He, asks, he, he acts as if he has moral and ethical quandaries about the making of this bloody news. But on Fridays, he wears a gold tie just like the anchor does on TV because he wants to be him. Mm-hmm. The costuming is really smart in this movie. Even under like Ritz Ahmed when we first meet him and he was wearing the hoodie, the hoodie is missing the drawstring. Like that oh. says so much about where that character is financially mm-hmm. and how much they actually care about mm-hmm. their own worth and presentation. The costuming is so tight in this movie. Interesting. Yeah. But let's talk about let's get to going to the local news level because I like when Renee Renee is like, Will we get Will we get sued? And who does she bring in? Like some the lawyer, the lawyer, yeah. the lawyer right? And she's mm-hmm. like, "Well, no." She's like, "Great." I don't know. I just please it leads. Oh yeah, the Bill Paxton, Bill Paxton of it all. Bill Paxton is so good in this movie, he is. and he gets to deliver the title of Nightcrawler. At one, I don't remember what he says, but I wrote it down. Bill Paxton gets to say the title. It's in the daytime scene when it, he's like, like, "We're just a bunch of nightcrawlers." When you wanna, you wanna it's go the into business with us? Role. Yes. He's like, "You wanna go into business together." And he's like, fuck you, kid. His fuck. his death scene, the eye acting that Bill Paxton is doing, just the haunting, bulging out of his skull, sees that. And it's not the first time. It is the first time. It's not the last time in this movie that someone is staring at Lou Bloom's face and realizing mm-hmm. that like he is responsible for their death. And yeah. it's just like that cold, unfeeling glare back. Mm-hmm. Like it is so unsettling. And it's, yeah. it, I mean, it's like totally morally bankrupt. But it's more than that. Like, I don't want to, that's such a vague critique. But I, I don't know. This movie, it goes without saying that it's like network, like, but it's worth saying anyway. Because where network was talking about the confluence of entertainment and news and sensationalism and violence and how that means more to, like, that gets better ratings than hard objective news. And that, of course, is the way that our news has gone with Fox it's News. Like, and meal CNN. ticket. It's like meal ticket. Mm-hmm. But in this, by focusing on the local news, there's a lot to discuss there. But I found myself thinking about Mercer Broadcasting quite a bit, mm-hmm. the the right-wing uh, local news conglomerate who buys up the stations and then forces them to peddle their uh, anti-immigrant, divisive, uh, hate-your-neighbor language, paranoid conspiracy stuff. This movie is not about a conglomerate owning the station, but it's the idea of influencing a narrative on such a local level and how people care less about town halls than they do urban crime creeping into the suburbs. Mm -hmm. But this is all because these are the people who are setting the narrative. Like, I don't know if I agree with that, even though again, people think they want to watch John Dealman. They want to watch Final Destination too. I actually do want to watch John Dealman. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of people, I I think that when, when you feed people shit for long enough, uh, or when you feed people red meat long enough, it's hard to get them to eat a vegetable. Right. But it doesn't mean that you can't eventually strike some balance. But it's when like you- he says, people say they won't, they watch local news to be caught up on what's happening, but and all of those things are stuck into one minute at the exactly. end of the broadcast. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's very... I love that he's at, he is the smartest person in the room. He's 
he is a crazy psychopath, mm-hmm. whatever, but he he's not delusional. He's he's right. He's about an industrious capitalist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course the joke there is that the fact that he has no soul is why yeah. he's so good at it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And just before we get away from the local news, this is also making me think about how there's that moment, like in the, the thing about like just the one minute of crammed in like city hall information, like actual civics. They're talking about how crime in Los Angeles has gone down over the past few years, mm-hmm. but it's eating up more time on the air. Yeah. And that, I don't know. It's like no one else is making movies about that. Mm-hmm. And it's an important issue to highlight. And more than that, it just like, it gets at something, it, the way that it ties that to like the moral bankruptcy of the American dream mm-hmm. is very compelling. Zero. I would like to see it. Yeah. Very good. I agree. Very good. Very good. When do you Very good. Say? About Nightcrawler? Yeah. Um, I'm just shook that I didn't like it the first time I saw it. I was like, what the fuck headspace was I in? What did you think? Happens. What were you doing that day? I think, I think, I remember, I remember not liking the Mexican restaurant scene. Love and, song. and I remember not understanding why we never saw Renee and Jake in the bedroom. Mm. And I was like, I was a fucking idiot in 2014. We all we were all fucking idiots in 2014. <laughs> so so I'm glad I revisited it because had it not been for this homework, I probably never would have revisited it wow. and would have been living my life thinking I don't and like Nightcrawler. And here I am, a oh changed person. I'm um, so glad. I was compelled by Riz Ahmed more this time than oh, I remember yeah. the first time. Really I was. I really underestimated how absolutely incredible Jake is. Mm-hmm. How good Renee's. All the performances across the board and. All the the newsroom stuff, yeah, was it's it's just this so is a compelling. movie that feels like Dan Gilroy took his time. Yes, got yes. every detail right. <laughs> it's yes. very detail oriented. It's not. Which is it's what's not great. broad strokes. What the hell is Linda doing? She's Jesus, dancing Christ. and oh, she's over here. Wait, then what was? No, that was, was that haunt was that haunted art shaking <gasps> your blinds? Oh. What's the artist's name? Diesel. D D's. D's. <laughs> Everybody wants that D's. <laughs> Everybody's going after the D's. Uh, Who yeah. wants to write a book about D's? Jake's hand shoots straight up. <laughs> Me. I'll write the book about D's. Um, Nightcrawler. I. <laughs> 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 I like Ba-boom. when he when he uh, drags the body when he first really starts doing like amoral reprehensible yeah, 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 things yeah. changing I, the story I for guess. his own benefit it's good it is good yeah. it's good the sound design in those scenes is great too just that he there, there is this it's just totally sparse. You're just hearing like the Los Angeles midnight wind, like because when he's changing the scene, it's when there's no one around, mm-hmm. and it's just this. You know, they say that you can judge somebody by what they do when no one's looking, and there is sort of this cool objectivity going. I think there's probably there's probably some score in there or something, but like, it really. Oh, I was gonna say something. No, please. Score. Just that. A lot of the time when he's doing. Moving of bodies. When he's doing moving of bodies. Or doing crime. Things like that. When he's crawling nights. So sometimes yes. there's music, there's this like rockin' guitar. But when he's doing the moving of bodies, it's like an aspirational classical movie score. Classic. And it's so That's like, interesting. Ironic and, and ironic yeah. and it's mm-hmm. I think it's layered and interesting and textured. Certainly and, dark and complicated. And I just I love it. That yeah. it's just like because oh. that's his American yes. dream yes. Mm-hmm. aspirational arc. That yeah. I mean, if you if if you remove the lens of like 
I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like his arc is like, wow, he becomes a great business owner. He, Good su- for him. he succeeds and how by yeah. the end. He's yeah. an American small business owner. Good for him. He's an American hero. He's probably not giving those people any insurance. Are you kidding? They're, they're working he, for free. Oh, that's right. They're, they're interns. interns. You're going to get a great opportunity from this. It's the, it's this, I, feel I this, hire my interns. I feel the same way about Connie Nikas and Good Time as I do about Leo Bloom and mm. Nightcrawler, which is that you can ju- you can see Fox and Friends running a story about this mistreated American hero, this small, this industrious small business owner. Like Liam Neeson will be on Good Morning America tomorrow. Liam Neeson and Louis C.K. are hitting the road. Mm. Did you see the tweet? It was like, we have Liam Neeson talking about controversial headlines and to promote his new film, Cold Pursuit. <laughs> I prefer Hot Pursuit That's starring Sophia Vergara and <laughs> Literally Nightcrawler. Uh, we, we, yeah, we can see there's a body here. Oh, oh, we're looking at his crib. I hope there's not a... Sh- oh, good. There's no kid in there. <laughs> Oh yeah, when she, and Renee in their Renee ears. Renee direct in their ears yeah. directing Let's that. Let's talk about stuff. Renee and Nightcrawler. Build up, build up the baby, build up the baby, build it up. <laughs> like, build up the boss baby, build up the boss <laughs> baby. Give the baby a boss. Mm. 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 Linda's in the sink. I mean, I kind of said my thing already about the Renee Russo character, which brevity, go figure for me. It, it is, it is just... this mix of simultaneous authority and desperation mm-hmm. at all times. Yes. She's so good. Yeah. So good. Who won Best Supporting Actress that year? That would have been the 2014 year. 2014. Oh, it's Patricia. It's Patricia. Well, no, Patricia. So, Patricia's okay. the winner. Patricia's the so winner. So that's fine. Unless you go like the LA film critics and bump Patricia up to Best Actress, Julianne oh. Moore loses for Still Alice, who I think is very good. I would have given it to Julie. I would have given it to Patty over Julie, but only because I would have given it to Julie for Far From Heaven, okay, Boogie fair. Nights. Yeah. But we're doing alternate Oscar history. Right. We can we can change the rules. We can change history. Did Nightcrawler get any nominations? Screenplay. Screenplay. Hell yeah. It did get the screenplay. Hell yeah, fuck yeah. Um, let's talk about Ocha. Yeah, let's talk about I'm right. I'm commandeering this episode because I'm tired. No, that's can fine. Pee? Can I pee? Sure. Yeah. I just let me pee. From the producer Michael Clayton. What is Nightcrawler? Yeah. Oh. Danny Boy. Right? Oh, right, because that's a Gilroy it's movie. A, yeah, yeah, we got Tony, we got Danny, we got John. John edits. John? Why do you keep calling him John? <laughs> that's Dan. $10 million. Cash. $10 million. Cash. Okja. This is a movie. Brandon, you know what the prize is for the big pig, right? The prize winning pig? Huh. $10 million. <laughs> Cash. I I love Tilda's braces. I oh, love such a good detail. Tilda in this movie. I love Tilda in the one scene the where character. Giancarlo gets an espresso. Oh. Mm. Oh. Mm. And they have to taste fucking good. That's not that <laughs> scene, but it's stuck in my head. It's so good. She's Giancarlo's good in this movie. He's good too. Yeah. When they when they uh, again, another love movie about, you know, we gotta we gotta spin this. How do we spin this positively? Yeah, it's also a capitalism movie. Capitalism movie. Well, that's the thing about the this is why I knew that I could not <laughs> make it through the whole movie. That it ends on that note of the only way to save Okja is to meet the evil capitalists mm-hmm. on their own level. The only thing they respect is money. They don't care about emotion or -hmm. attachment or empathy. Mm -hmm. The only reason why Okja is saved at the... Sorry, spoilers. The only reason Okja is saved at the end of the movie is because uh, Mija, I don't remember the character's name. I don't remember either. Mija. It's because she... It's the gold pig, right? Mm -hmm. Because she has the money. Like Because the capitalist cares more about that. 
bites bites into to make but sure it it's is, a real it, gold. it is such a damning moment when you're expecting catharsis, it ends mm-hmm. in a handshake, essentially, in a business deal. Mm-hmm. And then Okja and the little girl walk out through the factory farm, and you realize, like, yeah, Okja saved. Mm-hmm. But no one but, else But is. the problem is not. And and neither are all these other super and pigs. They, when, I just couldn't. I could not go there last they, night. They push one baby pig out the fence. So yeah. they save, they save uh, two. The, the parents of the baby super pig. Just looking. That, uh-huh. I I just couldn't deal with it. It's gutting. Yeah. And then they get literally literally gutting into the slaughterhouse. Yeah. Yep. It's um I mean it's not like Oakja uh, you know what? I'm not going to talk about my feelings about eating pigs on the podcast. <laughs> They're very smart. That's all I'll say. They're very smart. This I like what um uh this movie does balancing it's fun. It's a fun ass yes, movie. Yes. Yes. It's the, light, the, it's frothy the truck, and fun. The truck uh, action scene is oh, one of the best action good. sequences of the last I forgot Steven Young. Steven Young, there. baby. Oh, yeah. and he's good. He's good in this He's movie. a good the, one. The militant vegans. I'm obsessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and But at the same time of being fun, it is, boy. It's heavy. It's heavy. It's some heavy. It's light some, and heavy. It's hot and heavy. It's a very like classical good studio movie. Yes. That balances... The things, the, the boxes you need to check to get an audience to come see it, but then you're still saying something that you want to say. But this yep. is Bong Joon-ho, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this yep. is the host. This is Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer, which I worked on. Snowpiercer is so fucking good. I mean, it's, it, it, yeah, you're right. It, it is just a, it's, it's like a classic action-adventure film, even though the way that he covers scenes, the way that he shoots action are atypical, mm-hmm. but they do get your blood pumping, yeah. and they do have a clear sense of geography, and most importantly, those... You have a full half hour at the top just to yeah. build this relationship. Yes. Yep. And it's the same thing in Snowpiercer between everyone in the back of the car, mm-hmm. but most importantly there is a forward momentum in these action narratives. We know exactly what the objective is. Mm -hmm. And Snowpiercer, very literally, from the back of the train to the front of the train, Mm -hmm. and Okja, Okja, saving Okja, and everything, like, it's, it's, the reason why the truck sequence, like, the truck chase is so effective in Okja, one reason is because it is about chasing on the, like, it's like, the, 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 the the highway of narrative becomes very literal. Yeah. Um, And, and yes, but at the same time, this is the Bong Joon Ho thing. Like, they're about very dark, sad, like inhumane evils at the heart of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Snowpiercer is very disturbing, mm-hmm. um, and so is this. Like, when uh, when you know Okja's grandfather, or not Okja, Okja is the pig, not the girl, but with the little girl's grandfather, after he tricks her into letting Jake Gyllenhaal wheel Oakjaw away. Mm-hmm. She's like, she like breaks the piggy bank. She's like, I'm going to the city. Like I'm getting out of here. I'm saving Oakjaw. He like on the picture of like Oakjaw and the family, he takes a pen and he carves it up and he's like pork shoulder, spare rib. Like, like, like that's what this is. Yeah. And there is something just so, there's something so jarring about that. Cause movies never really talk about the, like the, the, the core of the inhumanity or, or, or yeah. just, just like, it's the same with Snowpiercer. Just like you can, it's like when someone dies, like the death is like the the idea of death is gruesome in Bong Joon Ho movies, even without seeing it. Yeah, and there's something about that type of conception of bodily stakes mm-hmm. that is very um, weird, but also yes. just really disturbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Okja and Snowpiercer are both very disturbing movies, yes. even though they're a lot of fun. Yeah, in classic ways. Mm-hmm. I agree. 
And isn't Mother Bong Joon Ho? It is. Mother is really good. Mother is really good. I saw that. People really and, like I it. I saw that and Oakja at the New Beverly, not to get a Regis oh. and Kelly about it. Oakja, I think, was the first 35 print that Netflix struck. I think that's right. They did it with they did double features with like Babe Pig in the City, and I don't I didn't stay for my B feature. I don't remember what it was. You I was with too. you. We all went. All three of us went to the New Oakja? Beverly. Not together. Mm-hmm. You we saw Oakja at uh, the New Beverly. With we Ricky. sure did. We sure did. Mm-hmm. Um, it was weird. Not you've like, seen the host, right? Uh, I actually have not seen all of the host. You've seen the host? I brought I up the host. I, ha- I have not seen all of it, but it's an environmental movie, is my understanding. It, I saw the yes, beginning in college and then fell asleep. It. it was a college movie. Like we, Me too. We watched it for class, so mm-hmm. I was like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I watched it for pleasure and then didn't make it through. All I really want to say about Jake in this movie... Those thighs? Is that he gives a Jenna Rollins performance in this Ooh, movie. go off. He gives a what? He gives a Jenna Rollins performance. Pop off, Ben. It's just, it's surprising. It's it's deep. It's personal. There's something very special about what he's doing. It's very off kilter, but in a way that you're just like, yes, that's correct. Mm-hmm. And that's all things that I associate with Jenna Rollins. And it's just like he, he goes to the unhinged place yeah. in that towards the end oh yeah in when, one scene are you talking about the, the the pig uh-huh. rape scene yes yeah it's, it's tough it's tough and he just go he does it mm-hmm. it's fucked up it's a fucked up scene there's something that's certainly present in snowpiercer with bong joon ho which is like these cartoonish archetypes that end up being whether like whether they're capable of like tremendous violence, like they, there's some, I don't know, like like you expect a cartoon to be light and fluffy yeah. and zany, um, but you don't expect them to do something like that. Yeah. Like there's something about the 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 contrast of that that I find compelling. Yeah, totally. Well, do we have anything else to say about Oakja? Oakja, good movie. Wait, IMO. Brandon, what? You have to tell everybody about your Halloween costume. Um, Weren't you Oakja for Halloween? Yeah. Okay, we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> it's not a good memory for me. Oh, <laughs> well then, never mind. I mean, I was Oakja, but it was a couple's costume. <laughs> Gross! I hate it. I'm sorry I brought it up. And Oops. my costume was: I wore a gray sweater, I had pig ears, mm. a nose, and a name tag that said Oakja. That's quite fun. good. Thank you. Oakja, Oakja also... has big Brandon energy. Thank you. True. It's what? a. It is a true Brandon character. Thank you. Mm. Is it because you're welcome? Thank you. You're welcome. This. <laughs> oh my God. This. You are the captain now. Has been. In a way you always were. Another episode of Serenity IMO, mm. where we only talk about Stephen Knight's Serenity. Mm. That would from be a now fun on. program. That would. It's the new Jean Dielman. <laughs> it is. Um, movies IMO. Um, we are on iTunes. Uh huh. Google Play, Stitcher. Thank you. Your podcatcher of choice. Rate us five stars, if you would. <laughs> if you please. And tell us. How many times do you want to see Jake Hall's butt? Mm. That's a little PG-13, if you ask me. Mm. This is a family program. <laughs> How badly do you want to fuck Jake Hall? <laughs> Brandon, <laughs> this is a children's program. Um... I'm Brandon Kirby. You can find me on Twitter at BK Kirby. I'm Ben Nempe. You can find me on Twitter at Real Todd Haynes. I'm Daniel Crook. You can find me on the internet at Daniel Crook with three O's. 
each of those O's is a place you can stick your hand mm-hmm. into the sphere. Put your hand in the hole. Oh, oh, right. Okay. Oh, oh my God. From and Velvet then, Butt Plug. I know. And then the shot of Jake's hand going up into Josephina's skirt. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm glad you brought You're that right. up. So, it's the sphere, Brandon. It's oh, the sphere. It. Do you I get thought, it? I actually thought the sphere was going to have more of a cosmic element, but then it just chopped Tony Clot's arm off. Next week. Does anybody want any pirate's booty on the Velvet Butt Plug episode? Hell yeah. I'm going to have some. No, thank Is it you. Jake's booty? Next week, we are discussing Steven Soderbergh's next iPhone Netflix picture. Well, not his next Netflix, but his next iPhone picture, which is also a Netflix picture. High Flying Bird, also a Sundance picture. I was thinking about seeing it in a it's theater. Slam Dance. Oh, yeah, Slam, slam Dance? dance. But, all, nice. but I read an interview with Soderbergh, and he told Netflix... I didn't make this movie for it to be shown in theaters. <gasps> Ooh. So I'm, can, I'm, maybe I'll watch it at home. I think you should. Very I would interesting. Like, I would like to see it at home. I would like to see it at home. Mm-hmm. So we're What's doing the two back-to-back. You can watch it with mm. us immediately, movies. So please do. What are we watching? High Fine Bird. And what the hell is Linda. That? Linda's shaking the chair. <laughs> Linda. Linda. <laughs> we are also watching... Sports movies, Moneyball and Jerry Maguire. Hell yeah, Jerry Maguire. Linda, Linda. Two movies I love. Oh, I'm so amped to watch Moneyball. And this one, this was this was a late addition to the schedule. And did I advocate for it because it was the new Steven Soderbergh movie? Yes. Did I also advocate for it because I've been thinking a lot about Moneyball lately? Mm. I would like to see it. Hell yeah. I've never seen Jerry Maguire. Oh, it's so you're gonna love it. How's your day, Brandon? Tell me about your day. <sighs> Start from the very beginning. The winner is Jane Fonda. Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much. <laughs> 